Seth Grove, a member of the Pennsylvania House of Representatives, talks with me about Governor Wolf's efforts to stop counties from reopening without his approval. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Welcome to Brews and Views. I'm Matt Briat, president of Commonwealth Partners Chamber of Entrepreneurs. And on the program today with me is State Representative Seth Grove. Seth is the chair of the Government Oversight Committee in the House and involved with appropriations as well. And uh, glad to have you on, Seth, uh, as one of my few returning guests uh, on Brews and Views. I'm quite honored to hold that distinction. And thanks for having me back. Well, under these uh, circumstances, it's not the greatest, uh, but uh, we've got a uh, a crisis going on in Pennsylvania, not just with uh, coronavirus, but I think a crisis of governance. Um, here we are mm-hmm. talking about uh, you know fighting a virus, but there's a lot of fighting going on between elected officials. Uh, and just as a recap, uh, um, just yesterday. Governor Wolf called a number of elected officials, Democrats and Republicans, uh, county commissioners, district attorneys, uh, folks uh, that have said, Governor, you're moving way, way too slow. He called them cowards and deserters and Mm -hmm. uh, um, using moral terms that I think uh, were probably quite offensive to a number of people. But uh, uh, how did we get here, Seth? Uh, And then I want to talk about some of the things that Governor Wolf is threatening and whether or not he truly has the power to uh, follow through with these threats. Yeah. So, you know, I look back at kind of where we are now and where we came from and kind of how we got here. I think people saw the um, implications in in Italy and that kind of hit home. The fact that hospitals were overrun, um, death tolls were mounting, they, uh, you know, hospitals and doctors were deciding you know, basically who lives, who dies, are we going to take care of this COVID patient? Are we going to take care of a person with a heart attack? And I think there was a realization that we, we don't want that here in the United States. So let's take some precautions. You know, there was the quarantine order, uh, started off with two weeks, you know, stay at home. We're going to shut down, you know, businesses, which was problematic because it wasn't, uh, you know, we'll allow you to stay open if you can um, do risk management, which private sector does very, very well every single day. Uh, it was more of a, you know, draconian, we're just going to close you. Um, and they didn't understand really supply chain or, or how businesses operate. And it shows uh, through their initial list of, quote, life-sustaining businesses all throughout their multiple changes. And even finally, we got uh, exposure to their waivers of um, epic failure of who can stay open and close. So fast forward, you know, school's been closed. Uh, our life has been on shutdown. One point, over 1.7 million people are unemployment. Uh, half a million people are still waiting for weeks to, to, to get theirs. Uh, small business has been shuttered. You know, new article just out 60% uh, made of, of a survey may not be coming back. Here in your county or your county economic alliance did some data and was that like 13 to 25% or something like that? Um, won't be around of small businesses, won't be around um, when we open back up. 
So our economy is in a complete tailspin, not only here, but worldwide. Um, and, you know, when you look at the data and where Wolf has been, you know, it's very frustrating because he's making a lot of unilateral decisions without really providing anybody any answers as to what are you seeing to lead you to this decision? Um, for instance, you know, he decided to shut down the entire economy at 4.30 on a Thursday and made it effective for 8 p.m. that same day. So through a press release and a tape video, there, there wasn't any, hey, we're going to be shutting down here shortly. I'm going to work with you. Um, I'm going to try to keep open as many businesses as we can to keep the economy moving. I want to make sure that you're doing risk management. We're going to make sure the supply chain is there. We're going to you know, ensure we have food supply, right? Because people, no matter what, you still need to eat. You still need uh, meat. You still need produce. All those things we still need. Um, didn't do any of that. Didn't talk to anybody. You know, it's been all unilateral decisions uh, internally, you know. The, the, the longer this has gone, the more impatient people have been because the, the whole goal was to flatten the curve and not overwhelm the hospital system. We did both. And it took UPMC stepping up and saying, we're not overwhelmed anymore and we're going to open up for business. You know, basically poked their finger in the eye of the governor. You know, a day later, he opens them up for business and allows all the hospitals to operate. Yet our poor mom and pop operations, you know, he threatens them. That's what he did yesterday literally threaten them. If you defy my orders, um, I'm going to shut you down. I'm not going to allow you to operate. I'm going to take away your license. Uh, we're going to make sure your county, entire county suffers and you're not going to get any, any, any uh, federal dollars. So, you know, at this point, it's, it's not about the initial goal. It's about power and control over the people. And I think he's maliciously, um, manipulating information to get people to continue to comply with his outrageous orders. Well, Seth, looking at uh, your county, York County, uh, you have, uh, I think it's nearly 450,000 residents. Uh, you've had a total of 13 deaths. Um, and as you've noted, uh, this hasn't resulted in overrunning of medical facilities or your capacity. The, the curve has clearly uh, bent uh, down and continues to decline, yet the governor uh, is resisting these calls to, to reopen. Uh, and I'm aware of that uh, York Economic Alliance survey saying that, you know, I think the numbers were between kind of 19 and 31 percent of, of small business failure. And some others are saying this could be upwards of 60 percent um, it seems that uh, the cure is becoming worse than than the disease, and it's not to minimize uh, the 13 deaths in York County. Um, but we know that uh, when you shut off people's livelihoods, you have increases in mm -hmm. other uh, public health issues, whether uh, I think it's even been in York where we've seen a significant spike in opioid deaths, uh, you know, we talk about domestic violence or, or suicides, these types of things that seem to be, um, uh, well, that the governor isn't paying attention to those and the impacts of, of shutting down the economy. Um, uh, are, are, are these very real problems that uh, York County is experiencing that, and, and why uh, the, the county commissioners and the district attorney are saying, hey, it's time for us to reopen? Yeah. So when, when we look at 
fatalities. Right now in New York, we have more fatalities from suicides and drug overdose than we do from COVID-19. That's real data. That's the truth. Uh, Penn Live just posted a story shortly that South Central Pennsylvania as a whole has had more overdose deaths than COVID-19 deaths. So for us, um, you know, the, the quarantine has been deadlier than the virus we're supposed to be quarantining from. Um, you know, I see my own family. My, my 10-year-old has been very depressed over the past few days. Um, it hits home. He, he's socially isolated. Um, my little girl went back to school and, and you know, she's, uh, you know, a little more misbehaving, a little more talking back to two-year-old. You know, after she got home yesterday, she was excited. She had some socialization. Like this all has negative effects on everyone, not kid, not only kids, but parents. And you're seeing that in um, high stress situations. So if you're you're an out of work, if you, if you have a two income family, both parents are out of work. You know, maybe maybe mom's a small business owner and, and dad, um, you know, work, worked a construction company. You're, you're not you know, you're, you don't have income coming in. Um, you know, mom, who's a small business owner may still not be getting an unemployment check because that entire system uh, has been a complete debacle for, for individuals. So you have high stress. You're trying to teach your kids at home at school, which, you know, the schools have never been prepared for online learning. Um, so they're trying to work their way through it. Um, all that stress builds. So you're seeing a huge uptick in, in just horrible social ramifications, domestic violence, child abuse. Um, you know, theft is up. Um, so, you know, and the longer this goes, the worse that's going to get. And so you've got local officials uh, recognizing this. And, mm -hmm. and yeah, seeing and, it every day. Yeah, every day they're seeing it. And I would argue that they're the ones who are closest to these things and ought to be making this, the decisions rather than Governor Wolf, uh, who, while he may have a home in York County, um, the county commissioners and elected officials at the local level certainly know the community best. Um, so when it comes to, you know, we can understand why many local officials are, are saying we need to move faster. We're going to monitor this. We trust our, our businesses uh, that they will operate uh, and open up safely and with within the safeguards that even the governor is prescribing out there, but we're going to do it quicker than the governor has said. And his response is to call them cowards and deserters in this fight. Um, and then threatens to withhold money from counties. Uh, and it seems that he's, he's trying to take citizens hostage in order to mm -hmm. force politicians to obey his commands. Uh, and he's talking about using um, the threat of police force and then taking away people's uh, licenses, whether it's a liquor license of a restaurant or occupancy permits. Uh, first of all, are these things that the governor could actually do? Could he withhold this money? Because I always thought that uh, appropriations are made by the legislature, not by the governor. So it's interesting. So within the CARES Act, there is money that is can be distributed by the governor but it's education dollars. It's not money going anywhere else. The federal dollars he's talking about is the Corona virus relief fund, uh, which has to be appropriated by the general assembly. So he can't withhold funds, federal dollars from the counties because we appropriate that and we're going to make sure the counties get it. So then he, then he mentioned kind of discretionary funds. So 
um, counties do a lot of human services. So they do get a lot of money that's allocated out through the Department of Human Services. So for mental health, uh, they operate the um, uh, mental health component of Medicaid, homelessness. So there's a lot of money that does flow into counties. Our fiscal year is almost up, right? It's, it's you know, as we're taping this, it's May 12th. Our budget's due June 30th. So we have a month and a half left uh, of, of the current fiscal year. How much of that money hasn't been allocated to the counties? My guess is hardly any of it is sitting in state coffers that hasn't been. Two, that's all entitlement program. They're going to get slapped with a federal lawsuit if they withhold those dollars. And I don't see, you know, is is Governor Wolf really going to withhold dollars to the most needy? You know, as today he's tweeting about uh, helping uh, those with mental health illness. You know, that is done at the county level. So if you're going to if you're going to talk about helping people with mental health, you're not going to withhold those dollars from the county. Um, so I think, you know, the, the county commissioners in Beaver County basically said that, like, OK, Governor, you want to withhold all these critical dollars to help, you know, the, the, the safety net in all these entitlement programs you want to fund and believe in. Go ahead. That's on you. Um, and let's talk about other discretionary funds, grants. Should we be actually providing grants at this point with a who knows how deep of, of a, a revenue hit to the state budget? Is that something we really should be sending out in the first place? I mean, he should have froze a lot of the grant programs already um, to save cash to fight COVID and ensure we can balance a budget moving forward. So the whole money thing's a farce. Then he brought up insurance or alluded to insurance. You have policies that say you can't do a legal activity. Well, is red, yellow, and green illegal activity? Because those are orders by the governor during an emergency declaration, not statutory law. Two, the governor doesn't have the ability or the power to actually deny those claims. That's going to be determination by the insurance company. And what's a good example? So if, if you are doing 65 and a 55, right, you're speeding, you're breaking the law. If you go into an accident, they're still paying that claim. So this whole, oh, you're gonna, your, your insurance isn't going to carry you through this, that's, that's not real. That is, again, manipulation of the facts. You can even kind of read there. You maybe you should look at it. It's all a scare tactic to manipulate people into conforming to what they want you to do. What they want you to do is just stay at home and be scared and let the government take care of you. Um, a, that's not the American way. B, that's not the goal of everything that we've done. The goal was to flatten the curve and not overwhelm our healthcare facilities. Every healthcare facility, including in the most hot, hot, the biggest hot spots in the Commonwealth, Philadelphia and Montgomery County, both did not have their hospital systems were not overwhelmed. Actually, they were furloughing staff because they were that not busy, right? Yes, underwhelmed. So we've met both of those goals, without a doubt. You know, we we've done our part. It's time to reopen. You know, South Carolina which if you look at that state, it's a pretty rural state with um, some, some urban clusters, right? So Charleston, a couple other cities. That, that's our Western Pennsylvania, right? And you can probably bring that all the way over to kind of a little east of the Susquehanna would mirror kind of what South Carolina looks like. They're gonna be fully open as an economy by the end of May. Think about that. Um, 
Texas is going to be open. Florida is going to be open. There's a direct distinction between how Democrat governors have have operated during this time and Republican governors. Um, look at Georgia. They opened early and they're going to be the first state to be fully opened. Um, you know, healthcare officials across the nation and probably internationally, we're going to say, oh, they're going to have huge spikes and people are going to die. We haven't seen that. When we had the rally in Harrisburg, where people came up to protest against Governor Wolf's continued suppression of our economy and, and individual rights, um, what would they say? Oh, we're going to have huge spikes in South Central because of that. We didn't. It continues to flatline, um, which goes into point. If you're making data-driven decisions um, so based on the science, why aren't we opening up faster and in those areas that we can? So like Montgomery County, Philadelphia, are they ready right now? I would say probably not. You know, is the vast majority of Pennsylvania ready to open? Yeah, they are. And there should be a path forward. Even in his remarks yesterday, how do you get from yellow to green? We don't know. We haven't even discussed that. We're not even sure how we're, we're not even sure how we're going to move current red counties to yellow. Think about that. Think about the change of dynamics from those that are yellow now, how they open to how do we open that? How do our counties open and our constituents get a taste of freedom? They don't know, which is scary because they keep moving the goalpost because they want the power and they want the control to be able to initiate their policies they want to get done moving forward. And that's the reality of this. It's not about the people. It's not about health. It's not about safety. It's about power control to drive their agenda. Well, and I think, uh, you know, Governor uh, Wolf revealed this uh, as when he first started to talk about reopening Pennsylvania, and he laid out some conditions that he said at a minimum will need to be part of this. And he included things like, you know, increasing the minimum wage and a, an escalator to get us to $15 an hour. Uh, he talked about paid family leave, that these would be some of the his policy agenda. He's not talking about them today, I think, because he's been called out that uh, sort of that don't let a crisis go to waste in terms of advancing uh, your progressive policy agenda. So it seems that we're, we're, we're seeing a lot of saber rattling um, uh, on the front of whether it's the funding or the threats of, of pulling uh, licensing permits, mm -hmm. uh, occupancy permits, uh, you know, liquor licenses. Um, I, where do we go from here, Seth? Uh, how do how does uh, how do we reopen our economy in a safe manner um, without uh, this? What's become really a tug of war, it seems, mm -hmm. between a vision for a more progressive policy agenda uh, that really doesn't care about our businesses. And we've seen this through some of the uh, social media interactions of both House and Senate Democrats that basically are telling businesses, screw you, suck it up. Uh, we really don't care. Um, and, uh, you know, I guess the same response is, is from the governor who's uh, uh, failing to hear the cries of these businesses. Where do we go from here? Yeah. I, like at this point, I, 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 like there's no path forward with Governor Wolf, right? He he said multiple times, you know, you know, we're not sure how to reopen the rest of the counties. There's no path to get to green. And even within his path, that that green level is a discussion of quote, the new normal. What 
there, there's no there's no path forward for him to actually get rid of his emergency declaration. There's none of that. There's no hope. Um, there's no there's no thought process to to how do we get back to life as we knew it? Because listen, it's a virus, right? It's not going away. So how do we move forward? At this point, he's not going to give up power, right? There's, there's no way he's given up. He, he has full authority finally to do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, without any accountability. He's sitting on top of Mount Wolf, playing Yahtzee and reading. Um, our offices are dealing with all the questions and all the answers. His offices aren't operating. They're not working. No one's there to answer the phones. So we're left up to pick up the pieces and try to decipher um, what is moving goalposts and moving policy and trying to figure out everything he's doing. And he's not talking to us. He's not coordinating with anyone. He's not talking to business owners. He's not talking to average citizens who are suffering immensely under his dictations. He has no idea, no idea of what's happening in the real world because he's secluding himself like Nero on top of his mountain, watching, you know, York County and the rest of Pennsylvania burn while he's playing Yahtzee and reading. Um, and it's problematic because we're getting the calls. We're talking to average citizens who want to go back to work, who want to continue to, to survive. Because it's not about profits over people. It's literally about survival, survival of their family, survival of their employees' family. And uh, you know what? And the private sector can do it far better than the uh, public sector. And we see that in the public sectors, uh, particularly here in Pennsylvania, in their protection of long-term care facilities, right? There's three agencies and two sets of regulations big regulations uh, for long-term care facilities. I would argue that they're probably uh, the second most regulated entity in the Commonwealth. Um, and the only thing I think it would be more regulated are nuclear power plants, um, right? Because, I mean, they have, they have high-level um, rapid deployment teams, like basically military-style armed um, guards, um, you know, on site 24-7. You know, that's that's the big difference. Um, and they're required to protect these people. You know, most of our fatalities are in nursing homes. Um, that's the that's the crisis in Pennsylvania. And, you know, you had one job and you failed at it. Just this week, Department of Health went into Beaver County to change the management out there and they let it go for for um, weeks upon weeks, months. Yeah. Um, it, but how do we as citizens expect the government to protect us better when they can't even protect those who they're sworn to protect and have direct oversight over. So it's very frustrating. At this point, I think we just need to pull the trigger and end the entire emergency declaration with something in the place that is smart and works. Senator Pat Toomey, he developed his own plan. It makes sense. Um, it is a, 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 a safe, proactive way to reopen the Commonwealth um, it's data driven. It's well thought out. Uh, Jason Ortiz, he has one who everybody thought it was Wolf's because the utter lack of communication from the Wolf administration on all of this. Um, he has a plan again, well thought out, moves everybody forward in, 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 uh, I think a timely responsible manner. Um, we should put these plans on his desk and take away his authority. And we need to change the underlying law. What's really interesting is we're the only state that allows a governor 90 days for emergency declaration. The only state. The average is about 30 days. And it, 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 after the 30 days, he has to get approval from the General Assembly to move forward. Think about had we had that in place. 
Well, it seems that uh, uh, over time here, as the House and Senate have been uh, moving pieces of legislation, that uh, the blue wall that uh, had been unanimous for quite some time is beginning to crumble. And you're starting to see uh, Mm -hmm. Democratic legislators join with Republicans. Um, Do you think that uh, we're getting closer and closer where uh, it will uh, come down, that there will be sufficient Democratic votes, uh, you know, from parts of our state were recognizing, look, the the crisis uh, has subsided. We we did our part. We shut ourselves down. Um, We're not overwhelming our medical facilities. Uh, And is that what it's going to take is is really uh, a bipartisan effort in order to uh, bring some common sense uh, into this governor? I think so. And I think we see more and more of that. You know, when we started with, uh, you know, House Bill 613 to try to get away from the waiver process and basically say, if you as an industry have the proper protections in place, you can open up, which should have been like, again, you know, the government does have, quote, police powers, right? But we shouldn't pick winners and losers. We should just say, if you can open up responsibly, if you can mitigate risks to your customers and to yourself and to your employees, you can open up. And businesses have proven it time and time again. Like we have more and more businesses that we were able to open uh, because we put, we made votes and put stuff on his desk and forced Wolf to respond to us. And we made tangible uh, legitimate arguments on why an industry should be open. Um, and it's worked. And again, we haven't seen huge spikes uh, every time we, we had a new business open. We, we haven't seen the, uh, the death and destruction that, you know, House and Senate Democrats continue to talk about. And again, it's so sad because they're so focused on the private sector not opening and they never paid attention to the public sector and the long-term care facilities. That's the issue. It's not the mom and pop opening. You know, we have a restaurant that just opened this weekend, Round the Clock Diner. Let's talk about their protections. Every other table is closed off, you know, six feet. Uh, Obviously, we all are aware that masks are actually optional, right? Uh, Governor Wolf came out with an edict. Everybody has to wear a mask. If you're business, you're open, you you have to require your customers to wear a mask. Within a week, that was walked back. Dr. Levine got up there and said, what are you talking about a mandate? We, We just recommended it. You know, they changed the language. Uh, Governor Wolf again reaffirmed that in his uh, tyrant yesterday. They don't have any condiments on the table, right? Um, their ketchup, mustard, salt, pepper off the table. If you want it, they bring it out to you. And when you're done, they clean it off, give it a thorough sanitary scrubbing. Tables, you know, you if you watch Busboys, right, they just use the same cloth every table. They're sanitizing every table after you get up and leave. They're using plastic silverware, throwaway stuff. Um, they're going above and beyond the requirements to stay open. And, you know, people going there, we're not going to see a spike. If you were worried about um, going into a business, you shouldn't have gone to the grocery store or Lowe's or Home Depot or Walmart um, when the emergency first happened, when there were no precautions. Everybody was touching everything on the shelf. People were going to the touchscreens, touching all those touchscreens, and the next person behind them was touching them. That you had more a better chance of catching COVID through that process than going into um, round-the-clock diner currently. But again, it's a responsible private sector business person trying to protect his customers and his employees and doing the right thing. 
And he never had the chance to prove that because Governor Wolf knew best. He knew you can't do it because I said you can't. And he shut him down. Well, they're doing it and they're doing it responsibly. And that's what the private sector does. They're far better at risk management than the government ever will be. So, you know, moving forward, we got to believe in the private sector. We got to believe people are good. They're going to do the right thing. And, uh, you know, all the data shows we're in a good spot. All the data from all the other states that are opening a lot faster, they're all in good spots too. We can do it. We should be doing it. Well, and, and I don't think it's just we have to, you know, believe them. They, you know, people will do that. We want to take mm-hmm. care of our neighbors. And obviously, business owners uh, only survive because people voluntarily come to their restaurant or purchase goods or services. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they won't do that in a place that they don't feel safe in. So the incentives matter. That's why free markets uh, have the most powerful incentives, not government. And so uh, we ought to restore that faith and trust in, in people uh, rather than government, because as you've noted, uh, we've trusted the government to have uh, the oversight of facilities where we've seen the greatest uh, percentages of death happening and uh, they have utterly failed. Well, Seth, I appreciate your coming on Brews and Views, and uh, I hope that you'll continue that fight. I know you will, and that um, we can put that pressure on Governor Wolf to say, hey, we can uh, protect both lives and livelihoods because we know we can do that. In fact, we have to do that. Uh, um, it's just critical for, for everyone here in Pennsylvania. So thank you for your fight and for uh, coming on to talk about this today. Matt, thanks so much. Really appreciate your your help in focusing on on free market uh, belief in the individual, and uh, you know, and I think that's the the greatest ideological balance between uh, Republicans and Democrats right now. Republicans have that still have that belief that the in, in, people are inherently good, people inherently will make good decisions, and individual freedom will will create the best atmosphere for us to be successful. Where on the other side. It is about control, government response, and the government knows best. And uh, the more we highlight that, the more we discuss it, uh, the better off we all will be in the long run. And I think giving people a taste of what a socialist dictator is like will only benefit all of us in the long run because nobody wants um, to go down this path anymore. Yeah, this uh, free trial run, uh, I'm done with it and I'm not buying. So uh, I think a lot of Pennsylvanians are are, feeling the same way. So. Thanks again for for joining me today. Thanks, Matt. Take care. You've been listening to Brews and Views, a production of Commonwealth Partners Chamber of Entrepreneurs. Find us on Facebook at Commonwealth Partners and follow Matt Briette at M-A-T-T-B-R-O-U-I-L-L-E-T-T-E. 